You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Matthew Stakowitz. Matthew runs the Applied Entrepreneurship Program for Rise, and he's a creative entrepreneur himself. We talked about a few of his business ventures. Uh, He's a father. We talked about that. He had a pretty interesting day, the day he came in to record. Uh, We got into that a little bit, and then we talked about what uh, AEP does for college students um, and really college students of all ages i think they have ages 19 to 65 in the program so it was awesome to talk about that and plug that one quick note you'll probably notice a difference in audio quality the first three to four ish minutes uh between the rest i was left to my own devices and forgot to hit record for the first few minutes so it was supplemented with the iphone voice note voice notes app so that's what you'll notice the first few minutes then we're good to go and as always this episode is brought to you by martin's supermarkets count on us martin's has a side door deli ready to go for this december when it's cold you want to pop in get some soup get some other stuff you're good to go and of course do your christmas shopping at martin's supermarkets you can check out all their all their locations at martins-supermarkets.com you can follow along on social media i saw i think they're doing some giveaways i saw you can check out at martin's markets on all the social medias and be sure to give them a follow give them a like let them know which what your favorite product is and Another quick note before we get into this, the other two shows, Fully Grown Men, Sports, Gambling, TV, Pop Culture, Shenanigans, that's Fully Grown Men every Tuesday, and Off the Deep End with Leslie Pinson, interview-driven, longer episodes, they go deep, Uh, it's really good, Dante Shaw with Bantam, another one coming up, you can find both of those shows at alphadogagency.com forward slash podcast, and again, Matthew Stakowitz, enjoy. Matthew, how are you doing today? Oh, it's been quite the day, Kyle. Has honestly. it? Yeah. Explain. Yeah, so um, I was traveling to good old Kendallville, Indiana to pick up a piece of furniture. Okay. And um, my GPS led me to a school. And the home I was picking up was one street away. But it led me to the school, and I got stuck in a drop-off line. And if you know anything about drop-off lines, they take forever. Did you have to explain what you were doing in the drop-off line to anybody? Oh, or no? no, no, but I had no child in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, when they actually finally released the, you know, released the line and you could drop off your kids, I just I just waved, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy hanging out with you? <laughs> exactly, off? right. Um, yeah, so that happened, but I, I picked up the piece, and then I started uh, driving home, and my bumper, or a piece of my bumper, literally exploded under my car. I ran it over. And I drove to this uh, to this podcast session with half a bumper. So the, that half of the bumper is just gone. Well, I think it's the under, underneath part. I could not stop. I was on the highway, so did yeah. you think? Did you think like you blew a tire or something at first? I I saw it behind me. I knew it was <laughs> part of the bumper, um, and then I just 
made my way back, so we'll see the damage of the car. Well, hopefully later. the day doesn't spiral downward even more with this interview. Hopefully it's no, not no, this, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Um, there's some background with you through the Applied Entrepreneurship Program. Um, I want to talk about that, Rise in general, but I yeah. do want to start with your background. Yeah, so I am, by and large, an educator. Okay. I've been an educator my entire life, uh, ever since graduating college. And I have always, um, I've been in the educational world, both high school level as well as college level. Uh, I spent time overseas teaching in Kuwait. Oh, um, in Ho- I was in Hawaii for a bit. What part of Hawaii? Um, I was on the Big Island, actually. Okay, yeah. Uh, Kona side. Yeah. Uh, taught at a small school there, then moved to Kuwait and taught there for five years at an international school. And then moved back here, where I'm from. Uh, so I'm from Indiana, from South Bend area. And... Uh, and then I started working at Bethel College as the, um, as the director for career development. And so I've been in education. I've taught at the college level. I've always been a creative. And I realized um, early on that I'm a catalyst. And I help students get to that next level. And that has been just part of who I am, part of what I've done. Um, and I continue to do even to this day. I help students and now community members as well um, reach that next level in their life and become entrepreneurs of their own lives. Um, I'm also a creative. I do photography on the side, and you just heard me about, about furniture. So I also um, have been on a fun journey of selling really high-end, beautiful mid-century pieces. And that's one of my next businesses that I'm, I'll be launching um, this spring or summer, hopefully. And that's been really exciting. Um, it's been an exciting side hustle, side hobby. And then I also um, used to design high-end bags, and I will maybe I'll pick that up as well. But I'll, I'm also moving into the floral world, and so one of my next side ventures is going to be opening up a mobile florist shop using my VW van, and that's coming. Nice. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is happening. Sounds I'm, very building. Like ready oh, to rock. Yeah. It is so ready. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. It's gonna be awesome. So that you'll see that van around town um, coming. In you should spring. take that to the pickup lines at school. Oh yeah, yeah. That, there we go. Yeah, I know my, my kids absolutely love yeah. the van. Have any of these ventures been brought on by COVID? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, honestly, been brought on by COVID maybe because I have the time to think about what what other things I want to be doing with my life. Um, but really, and so COVID's given me space to really think and dream and start some of these or map them out. Um, But no, it's honestly a time in my life where there's been significant change um, and personal growth and development, and I'm sort of finally ready. Now, before we get to the rest of this, I do want to touch on COVID briefly. Yeah. Other than, I know you made a large transition to a lot of your classes and such being on Zoom now. What else has COVID thrown off as far as like how you've had to change the way you do things? Yeah, so I had to convert one of my rooms at my house into an office. <laughs> so that was just, I have to work from home. I can work from the, uh, the office as well, but I needed both spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely get, uh, definitely had to do zoom nonstop, but also it's changed the nature of bringing students to locations. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of the program. And one of the great things about it is we get to bring students to these amazing locations to meet amazing speakers and go on tours um, and hear from others in the community. And so that has significantly changed. 
but that doesn't mean it's um, it's been a negative. It's been just a different, right? And so now we have you know we have Zoom meetings, or we invite guest speakers to come on, like yourself, mm -hmm. uh, to come online, um, and it, we do Zoom with guest speakers. And so that's been still positive. Uh, students are still learning from the community, really wanting to engage with the community. Um, but it's it's also been, we've also made it a point so that our students are actually reaching out to other entrepreneurs and setting up their own Zoom meetings with them in their spaces so they can still be meeting with people that are really amazing, entrepreneurs and CEOs in the community, um, but they're the ones doing a lot of the set setup. We connect the two, but they do the setups and they're still learning and growing from from our community, our entrepreneurial community, um, but it's just different from before. So I want to get back to the program, but yeah. before we stray too far off, Hawaii and Kuwait. Yeah. How did how did that end up happening? And is oh, the Big man. Island? So when yeah. we went to Hawaii, people said, "Well, the Big Island is the prettiest island." Is that true? Well, it has the most vol volcanic um, action. Yeah. And so there's whole pieces of the island that are just honestly gray and black. Really. Right. So lava rock just for miles as far as the eye can see. But uh, it has like 13 microclimates, so it's just vast That's and crazy. unique. You can go all the way up to the top of, you know, of the volcano and see snow at this time of year sometimes. Really? And then you can go you know, all the way down into the ocean in one day. And so <laughs> the, the Big Island was awesome. It's just unique and vibrant and different from all the other islands. Is what is the population? I, I like. I assume Oahu has the most population than probably yeah. Maui. Is there quite a big population on Big Island or not really? Uh, in Kona and Hilo, but outside of that, not really. Really? Yeah, it's pretty small. So how'd you end up in Hawaii? And yeah, Hawaii? so I was living in Colorado, um, in Vail, working for my aunt, and decided, you know what, I should probably use my degree. Um, education is one of my backgrounds, and might as well try Hawaii. <laughs> I'm gonna if you're gonna actually, go no, it's more like I'm gonna take a trip out to Hawaii on my own because I feel like it, and I might as well apply to some places um, while I'm going there. Yeah. While I'm traveling there, and I, I applied and I had some interviews and I got hired. I'm like, okay, I'm moving to Hawaii. So why leave? Cost of living. Yeah. Um, was extreme. Did the time zone throw you off at all or no? Nah, like that being didn't matter. Disconnected from the rest of the states, not really. Nah, I'm yeah. a I'm a lone wolf in that <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> So that didn't really matter, but no, that um, realized I would never be able to uh, afford a family, mm -hmm. afford and afford a family in Hawaii, yeah, uh, on a teacher salary, yeah. And so Kuwait was one of those ways to jumpstart that and be able to save a little bit more money and come back to raise a family. So talk about coming back here and getting involved in Rise and how that. Yeah, happened. so I was working at at Bethel uh, for seven years almost in that position um, or with that office. And I had worked with Rise on, I had interacted with Iris in particular, uh, our paths have crossed. I, I worked with her on Idea Week projects and we became friends as well. And I, I, kept, I kept up to date with what was happening with Rise and was what was happening with the Startup Moxie program. Met quite a few times with Iris and it was just a natural progression of our friendship which ended up being a great way to um, use the skills that I learned both at Bethel as well as my own to really impact more students and students differently with Rise. And so an opportunity came. Um, we had spoken in the past that one day I would, I would join her in this organization. And so that opportunity came, I took it, and this is my second year. And 
to speak about the applied entrepreneurship program specifically. Yeah. Can you fill everybody in on what that is and how you, I guess, how you came to head that program specifically within RISE? Yeah. So the applied entrepreneurship program is a college university specific program. Um, whereas working with college students from local universities uh, to bring them through the entrepreneurial process. Um, it's a tough word. I, I know, right? You tried <laughs> saying it like a hundred times earlier, right? Uh, to bring them through that process so that by the end of that year, the second semester, they could hopefully start one of their businesses or have a startup and pitch their idea in front of um, investors and have it funded or partially funded. And so it really, it's a program to help college students and community members start their own businesses um, in a really unique way. And so, and the, one of the great things about the program is students actually get credit for doing it. So almost all universities in this area will give students credit. They can, they can join us um, for that year and they can get from six to 18 credits depending upon their university. And honestly, it's, what's different about it is it's applied in nature. So they are doing the work. They're not just learning in front of a classroom. It's not a textbook. No, no textbooks. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. are literally out there hustling, doing, interviewing, creating, um, testing, and then getting those products or those services or that business out to market. And from what I know about you so far, I mean, this is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. You love this, don't you? Oh, I, I love yeah. working with students and seeing lights come on and seeing that spark and seeing them be engaged and honestly gain that confidence to be able to to bring their idea to life, to talk about it with everyone and anyone, and to uh, to launch it successfully. Um, and I don't know, that's, you see, when you see the aha moment, when a student believes in themselves, uh, believes in their idea, believes that the problem they're solving is worth it, and they understand their why, and why they're doing this, and that they're ready to make a difference in their own lives and to others, man, that's engaging. And I want to talk about the perks on the student side a little bit. So you mentioned credit, which is kind of honestly kind of secondary if you think what they get big picture and long term. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're doing market research. They're yes. doing brand research and mm -hmm. then brand awareness. I mean, it's it's not just, uh, I guess, a micro type course where you're doing one part of the legwork. Yeah. They're carrying this through beginning to end. Yeah. They're not just creating a business plan and then yeah. bringing it to a bank right. and hope, hoping that it's going to be good enough right, to, to receive money. No, they are doing that research. They're validating the, the problem. They're asking experts in the field about the problem they're trying to solve. And then they're also validating the idea for customer feedback and um, community feedback. And so they're really diving into um, that problem and the customer or potential customer to really understand if what they're launching or the idea that they wanna, um, that they wanna put out there is valid and worth it and um, has some legs on it and that they can actually make money by undoing it. Because if there's not a way to actually make money or have a business model um, that works, then they might have to pivot and change um, to a different model. And we teach them all that. We give them the skills, we, uh, we teach them how to, to test those products or those ideas, um, to de-risk de uh, de the problem or de-risk uh, what they're launching so that they can come out of it with a, a valid startup that is ready to go. And how, like how often are they meeting? So right now I have two cohorts. One cohort, cohort meets Tuesday, Thursday mornings. The other cohort meets Thursday evenings. And, so, and then I meet with my students once a week um, for about an hour per week. So it's really about three to four hours uh, per week. 
but I can tell you a lot of them are putting in 10, 20 hours on their startups on their own time. And, and they're enjoying, oh, like, they're yeah. enjoying doing Oh, yeah. It. That's it's, the coolest thing. The like, best part isn't like, like as a college student, there's a lot of like, I have to do this. I have to do this. This is something that they're actually excited about. And they're like, let me finish up this homework so I can get back yeah. to this project. Uh, yeah. And what, I mean, I had a student who was quarantined for more than 60 days. Um, so she like literally quarantines for 60 days, but her time, the additional time that she, um, when she was quarantined, she put it all to her her startup and she's now launching a second one right <laughs> because she had that additional time but yeah loving every minute and you're doing real work mm-hmm. um, and you're doing work that you can see instant results or get feedback right away or talk with a potential investor um, about it or a potential customer and that is something that you don't often get in the classroom yeah another part that's really unique that i want to touch on is the leadership aspect that they're getting rather than going and sitting in a classroom, you lead the program, but it's not like you're talking first day, last day and leaving them to their devices. You're there every week. You're there, you know, for every class. So they get your time every week. Yeah. You're bringing in speakers, you're mm-hmm. connecting them to experts. Like you said, investors, that's pretty rare for a program for college age kids. Um, do you think it even catches them by surprise? Like how, I guess, um, immersive the program is. Yeah. So, a lot of my students will come out of it being like, one, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but two, I love every moment. Um, I love what I'm doing um, because it's impacting my personal life. It's impacting my future business. Um, and it's just a different way of learning. Right. And that's what we, we can offer is a different way of learning. And it's learning by doing and learning by trying and learning by failing. Um, but we want them to fail early, of course, um, so that, and that's part of the process, right? We want them to fail early or learn as quickly and early as possible so that it is their, their startup is successful when they launch. And, it, and, and I try to tell younger kids all the time too, when you graduate high school, pretty much at that point is when you have the lowest amount of risk you're going to yes, have in your life. Right. And every day that passes, you're probably adding a little bit more risk and then you get to where you're having family and then you're having kids. It's great at this age for them to jump into it. And as someone that hires too, looks pretty good on a resume when they've gone through this. Well, so one of the things, uh, one of the myths that we have or that the community might have about the program is it's for only traditional college age Mm -hmm. students. And so my students range from 19 to 65. Yeah. And so that's it. That's different as well. Right. But what I've learned is, that 19-year-old who's learning from a 65-year-old is amazing. Or they, they form a too. team together. Yeah. Or um, Has that happened as a oh, younger student and an adult student yeah, teamed well, up? Uh, not teamed up for a business, but they team up for all, uh, all sorts of other reasons. So, for example, some of my older students um, may need work on or need help on marketing. Mm-hmm. And so they reach out to the younger students to help uh, help them learn some new marketing or social media tips. Right. That happens all the time. My younger students might mean like, I don't understand uh, these finances and how to do these this financial analysis. Will you sit with me? Yeah, let's sit down together. That's and so, so cool. you know, it's like the Montessori method where you have multiple levels and ages in one in one cohort or one classroom, mm-hmm. and they're teaching each other different skills, right? Um, and you won't get that through a traditional, in a, in a sense, a traditional module, model of education. So this this is a way where you bring people from all different walks of life um, who have different 
experiences, have different expertise. You bring them together, and you, what, you, what you see happen is those cohorts become family families who start helping each other out um, with the skills and their gifts and the talents that they have. And we had Iris and Leslie on to talk uh, your sister program, Startup mm -hmm. Moxie. Are students able to double dip? Yes. Yeah, so if you graduate from Startup Moxie and you're in the area and you're a college student, you can then join us um, in the AEP program. That's cool. And we can, and so you can. Any double dippers yet? Yes, we have one right now, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, and so he, this student, got a scholarship from Bethel University. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was one of our one of the startup Moxie students. I got a scholarship from Bethel. Uh, shout out to Bethel for that scholarship program. Um, and then he is now in the AEP program, and he is now launching multiple startups using <laughs> some of the same skills. We're bringing him through that. Uh, you know, we're bringing him through the program, um, the same the similar entrepreneurial process. And yeah, he is just he's crushing it. He's forming partnerships. He's a 19 year old. Right or eighteen-year-old or nineteen-year-old, uh, you know, CEO of his own, <laughs> you know, of his own company, creating partnerships with with CEOs of major corporations um, to actually make something go national. Right? I mean, that's his vision, mm -hmm. and it's working. And he knows the process. He has gained the confidence in himself to be able to approach someone much older than him and still, you know, carry himself well as a professional, as an owner of a business, um, and. You know, share with them the vision, the research, um, the the impact of what he's doing in this community and how it could go national. How fulfilling is it for you when you see that they're really fired up and like the pieces are starting to oh. fall in place and they're getting excited? Oh yeah, I mean, every single week I I, I see receive that type of feedback because I'm with them. You know, I, I I'm working with them one on one as well, and so, you know, sometimes a Friday night I meet with one of my students. Um, but yeah, she goes and do, is doing these customer validation interviews and then she comes back and she's like, Oh, I actually have a new customer or there's a new potential or this store might carry my products. And just by doing these interviews and work and engaging with the community and getting the support from our community. Yeah. She's fired up. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. And now, you know, she'll be able to launch into multiple stores, get her products out there. Um, and she's receiving amazing feedback even before she launches. Here's a question. Yeah. When do you sleep? Oh. Uh, so you mentioned like, well, I'm trying to keep track. I think four business ventures. Um, you're hanging out in car lines when you don't have to for the pickups at school, <laughs> doing the furniture. You're, you're meeting with an hour with these students each yeah, week? Yeah, an hour each week. What? When do you sleep? Um, and I'm a terrible sleeper, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, five hours is pretty normal. Four to five really? hours. Yeah. And, um, and you're fully functional with that. Are you a coffee guy? I love my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. How many cups a day? We were just talking about this. Oh, oh, so I would say five or six cups a day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, two when I first wake up. So I wake up at five. That's and uh, hammer out two cups. Well, slowly sip okay. two cups, you know, okay. med meditate uh, <laughs> at five in the morning um, just to make sure that I can be engaged and my mind is fully, fully functioning. Um, yeah. Two cups before 6 a.m. before my, uh, my kiddos wake up. Wow. Yeah. And is it all, uh, do you have like favorites and like, is it all prepared at home? Do you do any store bought? Do you mix it up? Do you do cold uh, brew? All pour warm? over. I'm okay. a pour over guy. For all six cups? Uh, no. So what at the, when I'm at the office, 
whatever's available. Yeah. So I'm not, um, I'm not strict in my coffee intake, but I do have nice coffee at home. Do you do any iced or cold brew or is it always hot coffee? It's always hot. Even when I was in Kuwait. Really? Still hot coffee? Yeah. 125 degrees out. Still hot. Coffee. Hawaii has really good coffee, don't they? Yeah. Don't one of my students had, uh, her family owns a coffee farm. It was the best coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Best coffee on the planet. So before we Kona get Kona coffee and tea company, shout out. <laughs> Man, I feel like, so I brought back some from Hawaii. I, that one sounds familiar. I'll have to check the bags. Yeah. Cause I yeah. have pictures of them. But oh. Yeah. It sounds familiar. Is it, is it pretty popular in Hawaii? Yeah. At Kona? Yeah. Um, before we get to some of the answer the internet questions, uh, this is what we ask every guest. Um, college age students that are listening to this other than going and applying, which we'll plug later yeah. uh, for the applied entrepreneurship program. What advice would you give them if they just want to be an entrepreneur, they want to make a difference. They want to be their own boss. Are there a couple pieces of, of like baseline advice that you would give them? Yeah. So one dream big, start small. Yeah. Um, right. And so sometimes college on, College entre- entrepreneurs just see themselves as a CEO and making millions that They're first Elon year. Elon Musk tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they see they have this this inspirational, aspirational vision of what it looks like. It's hustle, right? It is not just all of a sudden I have the best idea and I'm going to make millions of dollars. It doesn't work like that. Um, you want to keep those dreams, but you also want to start small. What's your MVP? What's something you can get out the door and start doing today? And that can be in college and that could be selling something from your dorm room. It doesn't matter, but doing it today matters. And so starting small, dreaming big, um, that's just one of the, one of the greatest tidbits. Uh, don't be afraid and afraid to fail And college students. And I've worked with hundreds of them. Um, that's one of the biggest fears is fear of failure as well as, um, Fear, yeah, I mean, fear of failure and per- this idea of it has to be perfect. And one of the things that entrepreneurship isn't perfect, it's messy. And it takes trial and error and it takes failure. And so a lot of college students coming in, especially young college students, believe that their paper has to be perfect, that their business has to be perfect, that everything has to be perfect. And that actually impedes the entrepreneurial process. So Sometimes you have to do things quickly on the fly, make things happen. You're going to fail, but you're going to learn quickly. And if you can do that um, and start today, those two, those two things hand in hand will be really beneficial. So I did have one more question just yeah. popped up. Oh, that's fine. How do you balance? So like you mentioned, it's a journey. Um, say someone, they're looking at someone like Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, Bethany Frankel, just like yeah. a billionaire in the United States that a lot of people know. And you want to get across the message of, you know, Mark Cuban, when he, he was at IU, had zero money. He yeah. had to grind. He had to grind. How do you balance it being them seeing that and maybe being discouraged? Like, man, it's going to be rough for a while before I make money. And balancing that against, yeah, but like it can pay off. I mean, how do you balance giving them that information on you want to keep them excited and you want to give them high hopes, but you also want to make sure that they know it's going to take work and it's not just going to magically happen. Yeah. So, I mean, part of being in a program like this is really that they are doing that work, the work and they're seeing the reward. Mm-hmm. And so fear of even starting, right. If, if they're afraid to start uh, because it's going to take work or take money or take time, um, they're never going to get there. But if they can start right away, 
and they can start seeing progress or seeing new connections or getting advice from entrepreneurs or CEOs or getting that validation from customers right away, right when they start the program, getting out the door and doing, um, it's rewarding enough. It will lead them on to the next or they'll realize, crap, my my solution is wrong. I was I fell in love with the solution and not the problem I'm trying mm-hmm. to solve. And that's okay though, but they learned it quickly and they're like, okay, I can pivot and I can I can do this better. Love it. Yeah. Here's a question that's been up for debate in the offices and even at my house lately. Oh no. Who would win in a fight between a Navy SEAL with a toddler's brain or a toddler with a Navy SEAL's brain? Oh man. So are we talk we're talking strength or mind? Right, yep. Yeah. Huh. I'm going for the toddler. I think so. You're going mind. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think so too. Yeah. I, I honestly think, I don't even think it's that close. At, over Thanksgiving, I was home and this, this came up obviously. And my brother and my mother went at it over this question. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> my mother was is like. This the, is this dinner table conversation yeah, yeah, you guys have? Yeah. It, actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> it was. And then my brother has like a, a two-year-old and he's like, watch this. And he's like, sit down. And McCoy sits down. And he's like it'd be that easy. He's like, you need the Marine brain. And then it just went for, I mean like, like 45 minutes, but it was the, do you say God bless every time someone sneezes? Do I? Yeah. No. Yeah. Me neither. Um, worst types of people on a plane. Oh goodness. Uh, those who kick the, the seat in front of them. Yeah. Um, or the opposite, those who uh, tilt their seat all the way back. So which would, that's what, which would you prefer someone to kick your seat or someone to go right into your mug? Oh man, oh, it's almost half, half, it's almost the same amount of annoyance. Can you imagine having both? Um, that's happened. It happened. <laughs> I, I, I traveled a lot when yeah. I was living overseas. Yeah. So, um, how'd you deal with the, that Hawaii flight almost killed me? How'd you deal with that all the time? It's a long flight, imagine. So, do you yeah. go to like Oahu and then Big Island? You always had when I was there, you always had to. Um, yeah. How long is the Oahu to Big Island flight? Like 20 minutes probably. Oh, like it's, okay. Yeah, but you still have to wait in the line yeah. and you know, all that. Maybe it's more than 20 minutes. I don't I don't recall. But So are you good? Do, do you, will you take I, like a red-eye flight now? Are you good with red-eyes? Yeah, I like flying. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're being kicked. And well, it's COVID now, so <laughs> I have not been able to go to travel for a long time. But I do after. Yeah, any, plates on, any places on the wish list once we clear COVID? Yeah, I actually, I'm hoping to go to either Ecuador or South America. Okay. Yeah. I have not. So uh, all the places I've traveled, I have not been to South America and I have some connections in Chile. So I'm hoping to go to Chile. That'd be nice. Maybe next to next Christmas break. Yeah. So at that time escaping the cold. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Would you be able to date someone knowing that all their exes are dead? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't just care. for the story itself. Yeah. <laughs> what have you ever eaten anything really strange? Strangest thing you've eaten? I mean, yeah. you're well traveled. I'm thinking you've eaten something weird. Yeah, I don't know if I want to share it on here. Why? So, that sounds interesting. Um, let's just say I was invited by businessmen while I was in South Korea to go to a specialty shop, and I'm not going to say anymore. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll rely on <laughs> we'll rely on Google to fill in the blanks. Yeah, we'll do- <laughs> um, I'm not proud of that moment. Was it good? No, it was terrible. <laughs> and I am a vegetarian now, so <laughs> not because of that, but for other reasons. Um, 
you wake up in the morning, how long does it just take you to decide what to wear? Oh, 10 minutes. Most. Okay. Yeah. Do you always speak to the Uber driver when you're riding? I have truth be told. I have never used Uber. Really? Or yeah. Lyft? Any kind of rideshare no. option? No. Do you think you'd be chatty if you did? No. So I'm one of those guys where if I'm getting my hair cut, um, don't talk to me. I would rather just enjoy the quiet. Do you ever do you, do you get massages? Uh, it's been a while. And not you oh, wouldn't be chatty on a no, massage. No, I, I need. <laughs> it's like I want that relax, relaxing silence. <laughs> would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? Oh gosh, um, I think when. Yeah, then you know the expiration date. Yeah. 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 Oh, and you could kind of just get your invincible on in the meantime, knowing that you're not going to die. So true. Um, can a guy use a gift card on a first date? <laughs> We've had answers questions. all I, I over, am, uh, all um, over the map on this. Wow. Guys and no, girls have answered. I, I think you say no. I think no. I think it's I, about 50, 50 what we get, but I do think more lean toward no. Yeah. yeah. I think that just shows that you're you're cheap. How, oh, so you said you're a vegetarian, so you don't order steak. I don't order okay. steak. If you were going to order steak, how would you order it? Medium rare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Let's do two more. Would you rather be stuck in Jurassic Park or Jumanji? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Not mine, yeah. but thank you. Um, Jumanji, I think. Yeah, I think okay. it's challenges are a little bit easier than Jurassic Park. So th these, uh, I actually do have a couple more that are just selfish yeah. questions. Um, if someone said, out of all the places you've traveled, yeah. give me a top two, what would you say? Oh, yeah. So I absolutely love Morocco. Okay. Um, Marrakesh was one of my favorite places on this planet. And then I... Um, for a very different reason, I spent uh, I sp spent a month in Yemen before chaos in the Middle East, especially in Yemen, and I just loved the cultural aspects of of Yemen and the Yemenese people and the hospitality um, and traveling the old city of Sanaa. So uh, that one I, I wouldn't recommend now, but um, <laughs> it was amazing when I um, when I went there. When you travel, do you try to stay? a little bit more of an extended period of time rather than like say a week. Yeah. If I can, I would, I would prefer weeks and I, I don't need to see every single site. I just want to sort of sit and enjoy a cup of coffee and mm -hmm. look and, you know, look out at the world and yeah. observe culture. Are you a reader? I am. If you could recommend a couple books. Oh man. So there's, I'll tell, I'll, I'll give a, a kid book recommendation okay. um, right now. We'll give this one to Rob. Yeah. And <laughs> so it is, uh, oh no, I need to think through it. I just, I just ordered it. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up on I'm, your phone. I'm going to have to Because now we need this recommendation. I know. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Hold on. When you say kid book, you're saying like. Uh, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. Okay, yeah. Um, so and, not for like a teenager. Gotcha. Yeah. So this one here is called The Missing Piece Meets the Big O by Shel yeah. Silverstein. And this is really a great one to teach children about love um, and about um, 
what works and what doesn't and heartbreak and, and but it's really a simple piece to teach young kids about love and how love should or could work okay yeah and so. then one adult recommendation i have loved um the book essentialism okay and that one i would recommend to anyone who has a hard time saying no um, and is constantly overly busy and so this really just points you to what is essential in your life what should you be doing and what should you be letting go because if you're doing all the things at all the times um, it's not living so essentialism the discipline pursuit of less that's yes. the correct one it's okay. so it's so we'll good put that in the show notes yeah awesome before we let you out of here can you plug um, applied entrepreneurship program rise in general where they can find all the information yes give it to us all yeah so the applied entrepreneurship program is a community program for local uh, college and university students and community members um, who can join the program it's a year-long program following the academic year uh, and receive credit through their university to, um, or their college and our goal is to really help students and adults start businesses and start su successful businesses um, so that's the, ma the main goal. Um, and it's, again, students ranging from 19 years old to 65 years old, community members, same same age range. You just need to be enrolled basically in college? Yes, okay. enrolled in college. Um, but we all are starting to accept community members as well, Okay, um, which has been awesome. It's been fun to bring other people who have different life experiences who are not re uh, receiving credit for it. But we really want to inspire. We want to listen. We want to bring the best out of students, help them with their confidence to really go through the entrepreneurial process to, to have that successful startup. And so um, we, we love talking with all students. We love <clears throat> students from all just various backgrounds and experiences join the program. You can learn more at appliedentrepreneurship.org. And there's a button that says apply now. And you can actually start applying now. And then when... Um, when you can start signing up for your classes, which most schools are in March, you can then, if you are accepted, you can bring that letter to your advisor and they can plug you in on their system as well. Awesome. Matthew, thanks yeah. a ton for your time today. Thank you. Uh, hopefully the day starts to go upwards a little bit for you. Get that bumper fixed. Yeah, that's my next goal. I would offer to help, but I'm not a car guy. <laughs> Jordan's not a car guy. Oh, that's too uh, bad. So we... I mean, honestly, Tina would probably be your best bet in this building. <laughs> awesome. Um, but again, yeah, thanks a ton. Uh, be sure to check it out, and we'll talk to you next time. Everybody I know, first it might seem like a lot, but they all play and they roll, put that on anything that I got, and all I care about is my city, man, I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set. I give everybody a piece of this, and I make do This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.